Hello and welcome to day nine <laughs> of our genealogy of Christ. Yesterday we talked about Isaac um, needing an inheritance. And now we're going to talk about Jacob and who happens to be um, Isaac's son with his wife, Rebecca. Um, this one has several chapters as well. So we're going to start at Genesis 26. And there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to King Ambalak, the king of the Philistines in Gur. And the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt, live in the land in which I tell you. So Isaac dwelt in Gur, and the men of the place, excuse me, the place asked about his wife, and he said, she is my sister, for he was afraid to say, she is my wife, because he thought that the men of the place would kill him for Rebecca, because she is beautiful to behold. And so then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Then they went up from there to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. And when Esau was 40 years old, he took his wives, Judith, the daughter of Bera, the Hittite, and Basemite, the daughter of Elion, the Hittite. Now let's go down to chapter 27 in Genesis. Now it came to pass when Isaac was old, was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see that he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, come, here am I. And then we're going to jump down from there, and we're going to go into Esau lost his hope. And that's in verse 30. Now what happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of his um of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. Now let's go to verse 41. So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of my mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life of my life, because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heth, like these who are the daughters of the land, what good would my life be to me? And so now Genesis 28, then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said, you shall not Take a wife from the daughters of Cain. Arise and go to Padam Aram, to the house of Bethel, your mother's father, 
and take yourself a wife from there of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. So Isaac sent Jacob away and he went to Padam Aram, to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, the mother of Jacob and Esau. Now Jacob's vow on, we're still in chapter, uh, Genesis 28, 10. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night. And he took one of the stones that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending. That's a message in his own. And I remember Apostle Jones preached a message about the angels ascending and descending on that. I'm going to find that message. And now we're going to jump to Genesis 35 and Jacob's return to Bethel. Then God said to Jacob, arise, go to Bethel and dwell there and make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. And Jacob said to his household and to all who were with them, put away the foreign guards that are among you, purify yourselves and change your garment. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel and I will make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me in the way which I have gone. Then God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. So Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he had talked with him, a pillar of stone, and he poured a drink offering on it, and he poured oil on it. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spoke with him, Bethel. Since we've been reading this, the, the genealogy of Christ, I'm noticing that each character, each of his family members have gone, it's like they separated themselves from the issue and they found themselves in a place where they could hear from God where God can respond and talk to them, where God can give them that direction on which way to go. And that's what we, we should be doing ourselves. When you're in a certain circumstance and you know that the only way that you're going to get out of it is if the hand of God would step in and rectify it, you, you, you set yourself aside, you purify your thoughts, you cleanse your mind, you remove all doubt and confusion, and you fast. You turn your plate down, 
You read your word and you pray. And you put yourself in a place where you can hear from God. And God can hear your heart, not your mind, your heart. And I'm noticing that thus far, whenever there was a situation arise, each one removed themselves and put them in an area so that they can hear from God. And they named those areas like Hagar. El Roy, the God that sees. She was in the wilderness, distressed, scared, didn't know where she was going to end up. And now Esau and Jacob, and then Ishmael, they all set aside their differences and they sought the hand of God. Now, Jacob was the younger son of Isaac. And he was also the twin brother of Esau. And God changed the deceiver's name to Israel. And he inherited the promises made to his father and grandfather. Now the descendants of Jacob's 12 sons became known as the 12 tribes of Israel with each tribe bearing the name of one of Jacob's sons or grandsons. Now, it is also noticed because I didn't read the whole, every, every word, scripture, word from word, but the significance of Jacob grabbing Esau's heel. And the, and, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is so that you can remember that Jacob and Esau was a twin. So rather than have Esau come out first, which he was about to, Jacob decided in the, in the mother's womb to grab a hold of Esau's heel, push him back so that he could be the first one to come out. And that's how it worked. Now, Jacob wrestling match forces him to confront his spiritual Achilles heel. And this was an attempt to supplant even God himself by seeking through cunning to control his fate. To, and, and, and even though Jacob did that, we got to understand that to truly encounter God, Jacob must first accept his own mortality in reliance upon grace. Esau was under Jacob's hand. And the significance of Jacob's hand holding on to Esau's heel when they were born was that the heel represents instinctive nature which is the Hebrew words for foot and habit. Regal and hergal. While the hand indicated willed, planned, and action. Now, what does the heel symbolize? The heel is the basis of our first steps. Anybody, all of us. 
It's the beginning of the foot's movement. The heel problems indicate the person has difficulty moving, stepping on, or implanting energy in which concerns his roots, home, work, money, and connection to the earth. When wherever we're, we're learning how to walk, we always work. The pressure always goes on the heel first. Why did Jacob steal Esau's blessing? But he said, your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing, Esau said. Isn't he rightly named Jacob? He has deceived me these two times. He took my birthright and now he's taking my blessing. Then he asked, haven't you reserved any blessing for me? That's Esau talking to his father. Now, how can I say this? The story of Jacob and Esau is basically to teach us about forgiveness. Because in the Bible, Jacob had made his brother Esau very angry. And then Jacob wanted Esau to forgive him. So Jacob sent gifts of animals to Esau. He sent goats, sheep, camel, cattle, donkeys. He sent everything that he can. Because the Bible says that we are to forgive each other. And when we forgive others, we are kind, even if they are unkind. It took a while. But Esau finally did forgive Jacob. But Jacob was the strong one. And that's why his ancestors have a part of the 12 tribes of Israel. I think it was all God's plan for Jacob to do that. Isn't God all knowing? Isn't God all seeing? Doesn't he know everything? Esau, even though he was hairy, but was he strong enough to have a lineage of people that can um, plant, can seed, that can bring forth the baby Jesus? I think God already knew that. And it, it, this, it, it, to me, it doesn't seem like it was a coincidence. It seemed like it was meant to be. And Esau in the Bible is a prognectal. Progen okay, let me pronounce it. Let me spell it for you. P-R-O-G-E-N-I-T-O-R. Progenitor. And he was part of the Edomites and the elder brother of Jacob. Now, Jacob is considered the patriarch of the Israelites. Whereas Esau, even though he was the firstborn to be, but Jacob was holding on to his heel. And that's something, it makes me, I'm quiet because I'm thinking as I'm reading my notes and it sounds like 
Esau is part of the Edomites. And that's kind of strange. And so, you know the story where Esau begged Jacob for some porridge because he had been out in the field. He had been out fighting, um, excuse me, working the field. And he came in and he was extremely hungry. And Jacob was cooking. But before Jacob would give Esau the bowl of stew, he had to first give him his birthright. And Esau agreed. What type of weakling is going to be willing to give up their birthright for something to eat when you could have very well went into the kitchen and cooked your own food? That lets me know that Esau isn't as strong as we think he is. Now, the descendants of Esau in today's world, they are coming from the Romans and the Europeans. And I also found out that God broke Jacob's hip. And he did it because Jacob was a strong-willed and self-sufficient. God loved that, but that wasn't what God wanted in him. So the Lord arranged a night for Jacob to wrestle with an angel. They say a mysterious opponent, but it was an angel who eventually touched Jacob's hip, causing him to have a lip for the rest of his life. Jacob was a deceiver. And not only did he lie about himself, but he also lied about the Lord. And so when you use the Lord to cover up a sin, that's blasphemy. And sometimes those lies and deception that Jacob did, he did it so successfully that it shows that he was not a man of great character at this time because he lied without conscience. But yet, it pleased God. At this time, he was not a man of great character. But in time, God changed his mind and his heart towards Jacob. Now, the Bible says that Jacob and his mother uh, tricked let me, let me back it up. Let me back it up. Jacob was tricked by his father-in-law into marrying his true love sister. So Jacob really wanted Rachel, but it took over 14 years before he was able to marry Rachel. I mean, he worked in the fields. He did everything. He married the other sister. You know, he... He did everything that he could. And finally, when Jacob met Rachel, he kissed her and lifted up his voice and wept. Genesis 29 and 11. 
The father-in-law tricked him several times. He wanted Rachel, but he had to work for Rachel. Don't we, I mean, that's just like a dating game to me. Isaac loved Esau because Esau was his son. And it was that, that's what we parents do. We love our children unconditionally. But that doesn't mean that Isaac, he couldn't overlook the faults he saw in Esau's character. And I said that earlier in the beginning that Esau was rather weakling. It did not imply that he thought Esau the right person to continue while Jacob was sleeping. I mean, excuse me, that he was, the little bit of my notes are running into each other, that he could see the faults in Esau's character. However, while Jacob was sleeping and he had a dream and God was speaking to him and the Lord said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying in. It's a covenant. And Esau finally forgave Jacob. But you know what? God's forgiveness for us is much greater. When we have no way to appease God, Jesus' actions provided a means of forgiveness. And so, you know, God, he asks us to walk in gratitude. You know, be humble, be grateful, and forgive others so that we can be forgiven. And you know what? When Re Rebecca deceived her own husband by covering Jacob in animal skins, so because Isaac had during that time his vision was impaired, and Isaac thinking that he was touching Esau to give the heir the ancestral lineage, so he thought that he was blessing Esau, but in fact he was blessing Jacob because his mother. Rebecca covered Jacob in animal skin. And then that's when by law and by uh, um, the ancestral, ancestral lineage is why Jacob is where he is. What's the moral of this story? <laughs> that children are gonna be children and you have to learn to love and help your brothers and sisters. And you got to understand that your most important friendship should be with your own brothers and sisters and with your father and mother. You're supposed to love your family. So if you have an art with your family, make up and move on. It might be painful. It might have been painful, but you're up in years and you might still be young, but you need to forgive there should not be a greater relationship with people outside of your family than within your family. I have a great relationship with my sisters and brother, and I've always reverenced and respected my father and mother who are no longer with me. I am considered the, the matriarch 
over my siblings, my nieces and nephews and great nieces and nephews. But then there's a matriarch over the entire clan of us. And that's my auntie. She's the oldest of all of my mother's siblings. As far as my father, I do not know because I haven't been very close to them. Not that I don't want to, but they are a peculiar people. And it lets me know why my father was never close with them. And he never really wanted us to get to know them because maybe there were secrets that he did not want us to know about. And to be honest with you, I'm not even trying to figure it out because some things are meant to be secret, especially when they are taken to your grave. But forgiveness is important. This is a lesson on forgiveness. The genealogy of Christ, today's lesson is a lesson on forgiveness. We have to learn to forgive. We have to learn to love. We have to learn to be kind to our brothers and sisters, our father and mother, if they are still with you. If they made bad choices, it was because they did that at the moment in the crisis that they were in. That doesn't mean that you're going to turn out to be like them because God changed the course for Jacob. He took Jacob through some things to get him where he was because at first he was deceitful. He was a liar. He was manipulative. But the character in which God saw in Jacob was strength. He was strong-minded. But God had to break him down to bring him back up. And that's what he does with us. He does that with me. He did that with me. And he will continue to do that with me to get me to where I need to be and where you need to be. So today I want you to love your family. Call your sisters and brothers. Do a chat. Do a Zoom. Check on everybody. See how they're doing. Don't argue. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. Just show love. But God doesn't want us to get hurt. So you probably say, well, if I do that, they're going to hurt me again. You can love a person, but that don't mean that you allow them the permission to hurt you. If they call on you for something, they need your financial help, you can't do that. You let God do it. You kindly, in love, you say, I, I don't have it. You be honest. Because some people will take your kindness for weakness and they will take your love and they will abuse it. Yes, and even family members will do that. But you got to be strong enough in the word of God that out of love and kindness, I will draw thee. But that doesn't mean you're going to be abused and you're going to be somebody, somebody else's um, batteram. That's not fair. So I want to thank you for listening. I know I was moving kind of slow. It's because I was thinking on my notes. Because when you're doing this thing early in the morning and you're thinking and you're just writing it down, but then when you go back, you're like, why did I type like that? What? What, what, what was I saying? So today was one of those messages. I needed to think before I responded because Jacob actually 
grabbed the heel of his brother and came out first. Can you imagine in the womb? Can you imagine seeing that? Having a, what you call it, ultrasound. You're looking at an ultrasound, you see two babies in, and you see one child holding on to the heel of the other, pushing the other one back, and Esau holding on to Jacob's hand, holding on to his hand. It's like he's ready for him to make the switch. God knew exactly what he was doing. And he also knew the character of Jacob and the character of Esau. And Esau was not strong enough to be part of the lineage for the 12 tribes of Israel. He could not do it. And so God had to flip the script. Isn't that something in the womb? God flip it. But yet, it tells us that it was a bad thing, but it wasn't. And there was a message about the dream that Jacob had of angels descending and ascending. And I'm going to find that message. And one day I will talk about it. I want you to have a blessed day. I want you to call your loved ones, your siblings and your brothers, your sisters, your father and your mother. They're alive and tell them you love them. And make plans to have a wonderful summer. Love you guys. Bye.